0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses and go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash shady to enter the Shady Rays Parlay of the Day contest. We're also brought to you by the SGPN's draft week. All week long, SGPN has you covered with draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL draft watch party. So make sure to subscribe and smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, April 26th, currently 12:05 on the East Coast. Not your usual voice here on the Wednesday Pod filling in for The Villain here today, but joining me as usual to help me break it down here for the NBA playoffs, four game schedule on this uh four games on the schedule here tonight in the NBA playoffs. You know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. And, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man?
1: Yeah, nothing much. Happy to be back. Uh, good news and bad news. Uh, I know that some people uh, joined Terrell uh, and ended up cashing with the Hawks plus two and a half games and maybe even like the money line yesterday. The bad news is apparently the traffic uh, to and from the sports book is pretty large, so uh, you have villains stuck in traffic. So.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So, um, yeah, he he's collecting his bag. I'm not sure if he was bidding having a uh, a police escort for all the money that he did make back to his home. Um, but Terrell will be back later. The hel-
1: the helicopter needed some repairs, so we had to drive, and you know, a lot yeah. of traffic. So
0: yeah, so um, yeah, we need to make sure that he got home safe and sound. But I'll, I'll fill in for him today. I'll, I'll do my best and and tout the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but. Yeah, Scott, let's dive right into it, man. Last night, Hawks go into Boston. Um, we talked about three games or three teams that had the opportunity to close out their series last night. Two uh, two teams did it in the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but the one team that didn't, I guess, um, not surprised to uh, Terrell uh, or maybe some other folks. But um, Atlanta goes in. They get the victory behind a... I guess good game we can say from Trey Young. I know it was an efficient shooting night, but it, we haven't seen those a lot from uh Trey Young. But dagger three pointer at the end. Some boneheaded uh plays made by especially Marcus Smart down that stretch uh for the Boston Celtics. But is it is um, it
1: Marcus Smart Slider time? That's like my favorite time.
0: Already, yeah. I mean that's just what it was for me last night. But Hawks get the victory 119-117. Game six now shifts back to Atlanta. And a little bit of life here for the Atlanta Hawks. Plus, they get DeJounte Murray back, who's having a fantastic streak so far for the Hawks. But, Scott, takeaways, at least from the Boston game last night, man.
1: Uh, the takeaways were simple. I thought that Boston was a team that was better for most of the game. And it really reminded me a lot of the Bucks heat game that we saw a day prior. Where the team that was the higher seed. Yes, I know Boston was the home team and Miami was and and Milwaukee was the road team. I get it. But the point is you're looking at the seedings and you go, well, this team's up double digits, game's over. And yeah. then it looked like the Bucs in game four against Miami and the Celtics in game five against Atlanta, they just stopped trying. It, it looked like they just assumed they had the game one and really took their foot off the gas. And the intensity on both sides for Boston really vanished. Now, I can't say I'm totally shocked because we've seen Boston – choke away a bunch of leads during the regular season and I've roasted Missoula for it for months so I can't say that I'm totally surprised that the Celtics found a way to choke in the playoffs when they've been choking away games all season long and it's been an issue but the story for me was really just Boston assuming they had the game won they already started mentally planning for Philly and they let Atlanta come back and Trae Young took over the game but Trey did a good job of course in making the big shots late he got his teammates involved with 13 assists. He had 35 points, or he had more than that in the end. I, I forgot, how many points did Trey exactly have in the end? He had 35, 38?
0: 38. 38, I believe.
1: 38, okay. Up. The point is he had a massive game, and he hit the huge shot down the stretch. I'm not going to roast Jalen Brown for that final three-pointer. It's a dribble step up from 35 feet. You live with that. It's just a good shot by Trey. But you mentioned Marcus Smart. I've been anti-Marcus Smart for so many years on this podcast, and I've mentioned it time and time again. I understand that in terms of his energy and even just defensive reputation, he's viewed as being a very reliable role player because he's not afraid to impact the game while taking a limited number of shots sometimes. Other times he jacks up a bunch of shots and it doesn't go too well. Yeah, I just am not a fan of Marcus Smart. I've said it for a while. I don't think he deserved defensive player of the year last year. But you're looking at his overall... I can't even say basketball IQ because he has some good moments there. The reach in foul on the Trey young play with 15 seconds left. Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to do there. 47
0: feet away from the basket,
1: 47 feet. I get what you're trying to go for a dive in steal, which never works. And even if you end up not fouling, you give up a five on four. Yeah. Like to, to go the other way. Like, I don't, I don't really understand what Marcus Mark's thinking half the time, but I see it in the comments section. People are saying that, you know, they should have probably used somebody besides Smart, like Derek White finish with Brogdon. That's what mm-hmm. I would have done. I said it for months. I don't think Smart should be in the final unit. And yeah. you could argue, well, his defense is, you know, important. Is it because Trey Young dropped 38 points? Like, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, I understand Marcus Smart's a good defensive player. Yeah. But a lot of people also get annoyed by the flopping. But I don't I think Marcus Smart's fine, but he has this reputation but also because of winning defensive player of the year that he's this unbelievable defender. That's just, that has to be on the floor in the final unit. They're better when he's not on the floor in the final unit. I've been saying this for months.
0: I think though, I mean, this was something I was thinking about, you know, when Marcus was making those boneheaded plays last night, um, that how does this team look with Malcolm Brogdon as a starting point guard uh, for this team, without Marcus Smart on this team anymore, not even starting, and
1: just final five ten minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, but I th- I think that they I don't want to say I think they are better off without him, but I think that Malcolm Brogdon obviously can fill that void very nicely or put be put himself in that starting lineup where Marcus Smart is right now. And you saw Derek White coming off the bench who's been really good in this series for them. So, and then again, you can always pick up someone in free agency as well. But that's a conversation you know in the off season. But yeah, it was really there's three plays that kind of stuck out to me last night that. Number one, there was a play around about a buck thirty left in the fourth quarter. It was, I think, it was like a a, a pick and roll type of play with him and Jalen Brown. But he then uh, he he had the ball, and if you had just looked to his left side, he had uh, Jason Tatum wide open where I think the ball should have gone. Instead, he gave it to Jalen Brown. But I think I don't know how many seconds were left on the shot clock. He dribbled into the paint and then just turned it over, and that led to another basket for the. Um, For the Atlanta Hawks, the technical foul on Jason Tatum, I thought was a little was a little ticky tacky, was kind of unnecessary uh, by the referee there. But and then again, like we mentioned, I think the play that really just made me scratch my head. And if you had a uh, a Boston ticket on a money line parlay or whatever the case might have been, that that foul forty seven feet away from the basket just made absolutely no sense last night uh, for um, for Marcus Smart, but. I think that you give now life to Atlanta. Do I think they win this series? No, because I think defensively, they're still giving up a lot of points. I I think at least for one game, Boston can lock in. Um, But for a team, I think the biggest W last night was probably for the Philadelphia 76ers who they play the next round because now Joel Embiid gets an extra couple of days off. James Harden gets a couple of days off. The entire team gets a couple of extra days off to, you know, prep more for this Boston Celtics team. But I think the biggest W last night was probably for Joel Embiid, who we talked about, has that uh, knee injury that he's dealing with. Just gives him more rest and and more time to recover uh, before they have to maybe face Boston. But we'll see if if they can pull it off. But um, yeah, I mean, that was the main takeaways from me last night, at least from the Boston game. Do you have anything else?
1: Yeah, I feel like even though I'm I'm roasted Marcus Smart for some of the plays he made down the stretch, and he was a team low minus twelve in 27 minutes. I know plus minus can be a little bit of a misleading stat, but for reference, he was a minus twelve, and the second lowest on the team was minus one, and that was Hauser, who played 14 minutes. So he was the least effective player based on plus minus by double digits. Uh, Sorry, uh, Tatum was minus nine. I take it back. Uh, But he was the least uh, valuable player in terms of plus minus last night, and he played 11 less minutes than Tatum, which is going to segue me into the other person I got to roast for the sake of this uh, game for Boston. It's not all going to fall on Marcus Smart. I got to roast Tatum. It's a home closeout game. He can't score 19 points. You're the best player on the team. You can't score 19 points. You can't go one for 10 from three. I know he had eight assists and eight rebounds, which, you know, are fine. But – You're going to play 38 minutes. He can't go eight for 21 and a one for 10 from three in a closeout game. So I got to call Tatum out for that. And I also want to give flowers to John Collins, who was atrocious Mm -hmm. for every game in the series, except for last night. He had 22 points, uh, nine for 18 from the floor, four for nine from three. Wanted to give him a shout out for playing well. So I wanted to give Collins a shout out, but it was mostly uh, also criticizing Tatum, who for the quote unquote alpha on a team, He's had a lot of really bad playoff games. And I feel yeah. like I got to bring it up because one for 10 from three on your home floor, 19 points as a borderline MVP candidate. I got to call you out for that because that's a spot where the superstar of the team needs to step up and at least have 25.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it was just had a bad shooting there, right? If he had to hit two more three-pointers, maybe having a different conversation about... Well,
1: if he hits one more, they win the game. Yeah,
0: so, one more, they hit the game. So if he hits two more, you know, uh, he gets into that 25 range. And, you know, we'll be having a different conversation this morning about, you know, Boston advancing to play Philly. But now, you know, I think he will bounce back. But um, Jalen Brown, I think, compensated enough for him to... Oh,
1: Brown was great. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, 35 to last night.
0: But, yeah, he just has to be better. Um, all right, uh, Scott, before we you know briefly touch on the last two games of the night let me tell everyone about the shady race uh, parlay of the day contest being held on the sports gambling podcast network we're running a special parlay of the day contest for people who've brought their shades from shadyrace.com using promo code sgpn each day of the nfl draft the sports gambling podcast will release a shady race parlay of the day if the parlay hits um the if the parlay caches, I'm sorry, will be awarded to one lucky listener. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady to get started to get <laughs> to start getting shady. You're, you okay over there, man? <laughs> Dude, I think I need to talk to Sean about these ad reads. Uh else are about you by Shady Rays. Let me tell you guys about Shady Rays. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacement. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair for free. No questions asked. Wear Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good to date. They have donated over 20 million meals to Fight Hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So, exclusively for our listeners only, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN. For 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses, try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Uh, All right, Scott. uh, The other two games last night, I really didn't have a lot of takeaways. They took care of business um, between the Denver Nuggets uh, closing out the Minnesota Timberwolves and then the Phoenix Suns um, closing out the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. But I think, Give uh, credit to both of those teams, the, the Wolves and the uh, Clippers last night. They they fought till the end. Uh, all three dogs did the double-digit dogs last night. I did get the cover, but if you have anything else you want to touch on in those two games quickly before we get to the game straight tonight.
1: Uh, well, briefly, Denver, I was not surprised Minnesota hung around I thought they had a shot to win the game. Uh, but Minnesota played relatively well. Go Bear and Cat fouled out. Yeah. I'm curious what they're going to do moving forward. I think that might have been Cat's last game with the Timberwolves, but we'll see what happens during the offseason. And as for the Clippers, the, the game was over. Phoenix scored 50 points in the third quarter. And yeah. then the Suns, once again, kind of like the Bucs or the Celtics, they just stopped trying. And the other team came back, but they held on to win. Booker with another 40-piece. I Well, I will never understand what Tyloo's defensive game plan was in that entire series. He just let Booker voluntarily go for 40 every game. But... For the most part, no, nothing really to take away. I will bring up whether it's a footnote. I'm not trying to rub it in or anything. Westbrook last night went three for 18. In I think that the final game of the season
0: type of game was due eventually. It was. Being... I'm just going
1: to throw it out there that I know Westbrook <laughs> had a couple of great games, and I think he yeah. kept himself in the league with how he played in the playoffs. Yeah. But I am going to throw it out there: you live by the Westbrook, and die by the Westbrook. And Westbrook went three for 18 last night. I feel like that's worth mentioning when the Clippers still managed to score 130 points and -hmm. they lost by six, they kind of needed Westbrook to show up there, but he was carrying the team so hard for the entire series. I wasn't surprised he had a dud, but I wanted to at least bring it up because Westbrook really did not have a good game to end the season on.
0: Yeah. Um, It was really led by the supporting cast. I know Nick Batum and, and Powell had a great game, but even if, you know, Westbrook, like you mentioned, if he would have been just a little bit better last night, we could be talking about possibly a game six in L.A., uh for the Clippers and again they would have definitely been without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as um now we got the news this morning that he was dealing with a torn meniscus uh was uh Kawhi Leonard after why
1: would they announce that after the? I think the same
0: same thing thing happened last year too didn't it like the the news of Kawhi what's
1: the difference you're like oh he's not going to play because of his knee and then they get eliminated torn meniscus like what you want the team to pretend to scout for Kawhi we all knew he wasn't going to play
0: yeah so, uh, but nonetheless, Suns advance, they'll play the Phoenix Suns and then uh, the um, Denver Nuggets will wait the winner of uh, the, no, the, no, Nuggets, the Suns. Nuggets will play the Suns and then uh, the um, Lakers and Grizzlies winner will play the winner of the Warriors and the Kings. So yep. uh, we're waiting for the results of those two series, but um, four games here tonight. Scott, let's get into it uh, for tonight. Again, another brilliant job by the NBA schedule so makers uh, with four games here tonight. So, again, like and I they mentioned, overlap. yeah, I mentioned on the podcast is tonight's a night where you definitely do need the multiple screens. But uh, first game on the board here tonight is going to be a 7 o'clock uh, Eastern start over on NBA TV. The New York Knicks with a commanding 3 1 lead, they are in Cleveland here tonight looking to close it out where the Cavaliers are a five and a half point home favorite in this game. Total is sitting at 202 and a half. Um, New York took care of business in game one, defended home court in games three and four. Now the series shifts back to Cleveland where I think this might be the game where it has to be a game, Scott, where the backcourt of the Cleveland Cavaliers has to step up because they are their backs are against the wall here, but Five and a half for the Cavs. What are you thinking about this game?
1: So going into the series, I gave out the Knicks plus one and a half games as my lock, and that already cashed. I had the Knicks in six going into the series, so I think I have to lean to Cleveland here because the series has kind of gone the way that I thought. I thought some of the games would be more competitive, NMSG. One of them was kind of. It was a blowout for the first half, and then the Knicks opened it up again in the fourth quarter once the Cavs cut it to basically one. But I got to call out Mitchell. What, yeah. what the hell was that in game? In game four, uh, th- he just completely no showed the game, and Cleveland really needed it because they once again they were in contention. All things being considered, as that game went on, and they just needed Mitchell to score really a, sh- a point. He had what two points the entire second half? Yeah, I mean it was it was a mess. Jared Allen finally woke up a little bit in the fourth quarter, but he was having a pretty bad series. Mobley had a pretty decent uh, game in game four, but he still hasn't been that aggressive offensively. And Garland's had, what, like one good game? One and a half good games in this series?
0: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, if you're just looking at it from, if you haven't been watching this game from a points perspective, it's been he had two good games, but they haven't translated to really wins for uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: And points-wise, I know he had one game where he also shot his entire team out of the game because he couldn't make a shot. Oh, I forgot what that was. That was game three he couldn't make a shot, I think. Gar- Garland? Garland, yeah. I think it was yeah. game three he could Four not hit a 21. shot. Yeah. Four for 21. So... I'm going to link to Cleveland because I think that the Knicks, even though I like the way they're playing, I can see in the back of their minds if they go down early, well, you know, we got a a home game in MSG and we dominated MSG, so we can kind of just pack it up and go from there. I think Cleveland's going to win tonight. I think they're going to find a way to really wake up somewhat offensively. Defensively, I think they've been fine. They just can't score. That's really the story here. Randall's been basically a non-factor in the series. Brunson was very good last game, but so far in this series, Brunson's been a bit streaky as well, and Barrett's been good lately. I'm not sure how long that's going to be the case for, but I do have to point out that he has been good for this team over the past couple of days. I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I think they'll find a way at home to force a game six, mostly because that's how I expected the series to go. Having said that, I like the under in this game. as my favorite play. I understand that this is a low number, but you're looking at the series game, about how each game's gone in this series – we haven't even broken 200. Yeah. Like, I, I I can't take it yeah. over in this. I, I have to go with the under. The pace is hideous. Both teams really have a hard time scoring. I'm on the under. I, I think the Cavs' defense kind of buckles down. I think we'll see a similar story to game two, not mm. by as that big of a margin. But I think defensively, the Cavs definitely show something. I think the Knicks probably score close to, like, 93 in this game. And I think the game goes under. But give me some type of, like, 102-93 game. I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I'm going to lean to the under.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good spot here for me, at least to take Cleveland in in first quarter, first half, and full game. I think this is going to be a game where I think Donovan Mitchell definitely will bounce back. He has to bounce back. I think Darius Garland will bounce back as well. And Darius Garland has been better at home uh, this season where he averaged 23.1 points per game. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, if, if the Cavs come out early, and, and, you know, dominate in that first quarter, like you mentioned, that the Knicks kind of be like, OK, you know, we have despite even if we lose this game, we have game six back at home. We the urgency opp- might not be there for the yeah. Knicks if it gets ugly they, early. Yeah, the opportunity is there for them to win one of the next two games where Cleveland now has to win three games in a row. Um, but I, I agree about the under. We haven't seen 200 points in any of the four games so far in this season or sorry, the series. And it's kind of telling where the books team total for the Knicks right now is what, like 99 and a half or something less than that. That's well, it's funny because them. what do you
1: what do you do if you're the bookmakers? Like, it's yeah. the NBA in 2023, so you can't really cross 200 because yeah. that's just absurd, yeah. like, you know, just in your head. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where it needs to go because, once again, you haven't crossed 200 in the game yet.
0: Yeah. So I really do like the first quarter here for the Cavs. Um Again, play, coming out and playing with desperations And just for reference, last night I think all three teams that were down three games to one either were up at the end of the first quarter or at least cover the first quarter number. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of translates here tonight for the teams that are down three games to one. I think that starts with the Cavs here tonight. So I'm with you. I like the Cavs. I, I'll be definitely will be betting the first quarter for the Cavs. We both like the under in this game by half. So no uh, time to uh, dwell on that. Player props of anything that you're looking at in this game here, Scott.
1: I feel like I have to keep either looking towards Randall under or something involving his unders because he just got flat out benched last game. They didn't use him yeah, in the no. fourth quarter, and they kind of needed to bench him because he was, he was brutal out there, if yeah. we're being totally honest here. But Mobley's done a great job defensively. Now, I've roasted Mobley's offense in this series at times for mm-hmm. not being aggressive enough, but that doesn't change the fact defensively he's been very good. Randall's yeah. only going over this number one time. His number's 21 and a half, and you're looking at the last couple of games for Randall, and he hasn't been close. He had, I'll, I'll just to go through the numbers, he had 19 points in game one, Okay, he had 22 points in game two. Mm-hmm. Reminder, he was playing while the team was down 20, and he got fouled on that dunk by, with Allen, and there was a flagrant involved. So you yeah. can make an argument he should have went under, but he was playing just when the team was getting blown out in the fourth quarter. Then in game three, he had 11 points, went three for 15. And then in game four, he had seven, yeah. and he got benched in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to go with Randall mm-hmm. under because Mobley's done a great job defensively. We've seen this with Randall in his playoff career. He had he puts up good numbers in the regular season. This year, he was an all-star, basically. But mm. in the playoffs, his style of play isn't that effective. That's how I'd put it. And Cleveland's done a good job defending him this series. I got to go with Randall under. Now, you can make an argument. He'll be extra motivated and pumped up after getting benched, and maybe he'll have a prove-it game. I'll believe it when I see it. He's gone over one time. And once again, it was pretty fluky circumstances in game two to even get the 22 in the first place. I'm going to go with the under because I think that the Knicks realized in game four, Brunson can be the guy that carries us because the Cavs can't guard him. And I think yep. Randall might take a back seat whether he wants to or not. So I'm going to lean to Randall under 21 and a half.
0: Yeah, I know Chris um, on the podcast liked the PRA under for uh, Julius Randall here tonight for pretty much all the reasons that you just mentioned there, that defensively Evan Mobley and both Jared Allen have been really good in the interior. Um, and it's also the fact that maybe still dealing with the ankle injury, maybe, you know um that's still bothering him. But I think we, uh, I think we talked about it on the pod on Monday that we got to give Tom Thibodeau credit for benching Julius Randle because he wasn't good to. at Yeah. And stick with the five guys that in, in game four that got the job done for the New York Knicks. So Um, it, maybe it's just a bad matchup for him, but I could definitely get behind that as well. Um, I think the popular play probably will be Donovan Mitchell here tonight because they are going to obviously need him to step up here tonight. Um, but I really didn't have any player props that I did like in this game. Maybe if we're going to look at Darius Garland on his points prop, uh, 21 and a half, he does average about 23 per game at home this season. Uh, And I think the first couple of games here, um, game one, he had 17 bounce back with 32 in game two at home. And then the last game, like we talked about in New York, he had 23. So um, maybe a Garland prop, but I really didn't have anything as far as player props in this game. Anything else for this game, uh, Scott?
1: I thought about maybe Jared Allen unders either for points or rebounds, but I think Cleveland's going to win. And he did have a decent fourth quarter, so maybe that'll kind of carry into game five. I was leaning to Allen unders, but then, you know, the fourth quarter happens. I'm going to stay away there. I'd lean Brunson over, but that's mostly because I'm leaning to Randall under and somebody's yeah. going to have to score on this team. Mm-hmm. I like Josh Hart props. We know how good he is, but when Randall got benched, Hart really stepped up, whether it involved the rebounding or even just shooting, yep. I think Hart's going to have a pretty decent game, but it's pretty tricky when the totals this low and you think Cleveland's going to win. It's tough to really get behind Nick's overs, at least yeah. for points. So I feel like I'm going to lean more to rebounds and just expect another rock fight between these teams. But I do think at the end of the day, my favorite probably Randall under because on one hand he could step up after getting benched. On the yeah. other hand, we've seen Randall kind of have these meant uh, these outbursts, I should say, either on the court or maybe just internally. Would it shock me if he just looks extremely annoyed out there and maybe disinterested? No. So I'm I'm going to lean to the under on Randall.
0: I think uh, if you want to bet any type of overs in this series, you probably you want to look at like steals and blocks, like defensive props uh, in this game. Anything that because... involves
1: ugly basketball, just take yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Before we move on to the next game of the evening, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player prop parlays Then over at Underdog Fantasy, besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And part of SGPN's Draft Week coverage, SGPN is holding a free NFL Draft Props contest exclusively for members of our Discord. It's a completely free uh, contest to enter and join, and the winner gets $250 in cash and a $50 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord and go to the NFL channel for the sign up link. All right, Scott, next game on the board. Let's go over to Milwaukee, who are down three games to one. They are hosting the Miami Heat at home uh, in game five here, where they're currently sitting as a 11 and a half point favorites. Uh, Total is currently sitting at 220. Um, we saw uh, Giannis return in game four for the Milwaukee Bucks, but Jimmy Bullers, like we already talked about 56-point performance, uh, got the Miami Heat to a three-game, to so one lead here. Now the number one seed has their backs against the wall here, Scott. 11.5 um, points here, a bit too many, or do you think this is a smash spot for the Bucks to just take care of business against Miami?
1: Based on what we've seen in this series, it seems like it's too many, but I also think that it's a bit trappy. We've seen a lot of teams as massive favorites recently struggle to cover. But those teams were trying to close out a series. They're trying to stay alive in this case. I I, I think I'm going to lean to Milwaukee. Uh, I, I don't feel great about it, to be honest. But I do think Giannis has a massive game. I think Giannis goes for maybe 40 points here. Like, I think Giannis goes off uh, for the spot. The only concern for me there is if Milwaukee blows it open or maybe Miami won a game. Maybe Butler isn't as mentally engaged or maybe he's trying to conserve some energy for game six at home. But I think Giannis is going to go off in this game. I hope Holiday or Middleton show up offensively because both of them were really bad in game four. It seems very fishy. I'm going to lean to Milwaukee because of that, but it's mostly because I still think Milwaukee's is the better team. Butler had an all-time performance, and Milwaukee – a reminder, though, Butler had 24 points or 22 points in the first quarter. Milwaukee still led by double digits with roughly seven minutes to go before chaos happened. I think this is just a Giannis game. I'll bet the Giannis points. I think he goes for 35 or 40 in this game. I'm curious what adjustments Bootenhoser is going to make because we know he's notoriously slow to make adjustments. But do I trust Miami's supporting cast to actually make shots if they decide to either put Giannis on Jimmy or if they double-team Jimmy? I'm not sure. I trust Martin after Game 4, and I trust Duncan Robinson, but... Lowry hasn't done much offensively. He was very good defensively, though, in Game 4. Bam's been a mess for most of the playoffs, and he wasn't exactly good last game either. I think for the trap line alone, and just based on Milwaukee being in must-win territory at home, I think they win this game comfortably. I'm going to lean to Milwaukee. While I have money on it, probably not. I think I'd rather take Giannis' points instead of actually just taking the spread. But I'm going to lean to Milwaukee because I think this line does kind of tell you that that Milwaukee's going to be fully engaged no nonsense, and they're going to bury this team that they're better than in terms of talent. I'm going to link to Milwaukee.
0: Um, Yeah, I I think the full game number is (laughs) very sketchy. It's it's very – it is. And and I like Milwaukee, again, early, uh, whether it's first quarter or first half. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday where, you know, the team's down three games to one. They came out. Uh, playing well in that first quarter, and Milwaukee did the same thing in Game 4, despite them losing. They covered that first quarter with Giannis coming back and playing with that desperation. I think I was, I'm going to go back to that same well here, first quarter in Milwaukee. I talked about it with Cleveland. If you want to play first quarter or first half for Milwaukee, I, I think this is where you know they just come out and play good basketball, lock-in defensively. And like you mentioned, Scott, it'll be interesting to see what the defensive game plan is going to be for the Milwaukee Bucks against Jimmy Butler here tonight after he dropped fifty six against them in Game Four. But you know, with a team that is the number one seed, um, everyone is relatively healthy, quote unquote, with the, the injury to Giannis. Um, and Giannis, you know, he looked like he ran out of gas in that fourth quarter. And I, I think that you know, one of our listeners on the propcast pointed out that. Uh, um, and Chris uh, mentioned this as well, that he didn't do a post-game interview after game four. He was getting IVs because, you know, he was just he was gassed in that fourth quarter. So I think that, the uh, again, bugs come out early and often here. I like them in the first quarter. If you want to take their first quarter team total over as well. Um, I think that this should be a bounce back game for Drew Holiday. I know he was defending uh, Jimmy Butler he he was he got trying roasted. to defend
1: Jimmy. Yeah. Butler, and again,
0: yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about this as well, that it was just uh, an incredible game for Jimmy Butler, but I think that he bounces back here tonight. Um, I think it's just going to have to be a team effort here tonight for the Milwaukee bucks. I think you can't just rely on Giannis here tonight. I think Brooke Lopez dropped 36 in game four. I don't expect him to drop another 36, but you'll get contributions from him. Uh, Drew holiday. Like I mentioned, should cr- uh, bounce back. The one guy I'm looking for is Chris Middleton. He's going to have to have a great game here tonight as well. Six in the series back to Miami. So um full game all lean with the Bucks as well. Am I gonna bet it like you mentioned? No, but I am definitely putting money down on the first quarter for the Milwaukee Bucks here tonight on the spread and on the um on their team total to go over in the first quarter. Uh total sitting at two twenty. We've seen I think every game go over this number, if I'm not mistaken here, Scott. But what are your thoughts on that?
1: So we've had uh no games have gone under this number. Right. Game three landed exactly two twenty. Right. So I'm going to lean over. I guess the argument is Miami is going to be exhausted, and you know, maybe they'll just no-show the game offensively, but I have to lean to the over because Miami, it seems like their recipe for beating Milwaukee is to play fast. At least they've decided we can't score in the half court based on the regular season, so we have to play faster, and it's worked. And you mentioned that Giannis had to get some IVs after the game. So the point is it seems like the pace has taken something out of Giannis, who also missed some time. So they rushed him back, played 30 minutes and change, and he had to run up and down the court the entire game. It's not easy on the body. I'm going to lean to the over because Miami's played fast. It's worked for them. And I do think Milwaukee's been getting good looks in, you know, the, with the one-man fast break of Giannis and with the rest of the team. I think they'll make more shots at home. I'm going to lean to the over, though. Like, if Milwaukee came out here and scored 130 points in a must-win game, would you be totally shocked? No. no. So I'm going to lean to the over, and I think that you're going to end up seeing a lot of points scored in this game. Until I see a game go go under, I'm not going to pick the under. Give me the over.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just take a look at the the final scores and the team that has won the game has scored at least 119 points in each of the four games. So uh, Miami 119 in game four, 121 in game three. Milwaukee scored 138 when they won in game two. And then uh, Miami scored 130 in game one. So, yeah, I think there's a possibility where Milwaukee comes out and scores 120 plus. I mean, they have the uh, more than they're more than capable of getting to the 130 point mark. We saw Giannis
1: not play and they scored 138 points. Like, they're very capable of scoring a bunch of points.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. Player props in this game here, Scott. Uh, And what do you do like?
1: So I know you mentioned that it's going to be you know, an all-hands-on-deck type of game where a lot of guys step up. I still like Giannis over, either for PRA or points. Just because you can get contributions from your teammates doesn't mean that Giannis is going to be forced to rely on his teammates. I think Giannis buries him early. Giannis' first quarter points, first half points, if he can get that. I know first quarter points exist. I really just don't think Miami can guard him. And Giannis, once again, first came back from injury. Had a 26 point triple double. Now he was not very good in the four, in the fourth quarter. Just full yeah. disclosure, he was not very yeah. good there. But for three quarters, Miami had no answers. They just had Jimmy Butler, who was able to match him blow for blow and then some. I like Giannis over. I saw it at like 29 and a half points. I think he goes for 30 and change, maybe 40 in a must win game. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes off. But I like Giannis over. Uh, looking at other props here, I find the Jimmy Butler line fascinating mm-hmm. at 29 and a half. Does Milwaukee double him? Like, do we, we have, have to, to. first of all, do we give Budenhoser faith in making any adjustments? Uh,
0: I mean, after th- dropping 56 on your head, you, you have to make some type of adjustment. Because normally
1: I would pivot to Butler assists because I'd assume they'd be double teaming him every possession, but Budenhoser is notoriously stubborn. And I'm not sure if they're going to do that. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what to do with Butler there uh, because once again, Budenhoser doesn't make many changes. I do think, though, what you will see is less minutes for Max Struess, which is a very, you know, random name drop there. But I like the under for Struess points. It's at nine and a half. He's played less minutes in each game, as the series has gone on. Played Mm -hmm. 38 minutes in game one, 31 minutes in game two, 23 minutes in game three. I think he only played 17 minutes in game four. He only attempted one shot in game four. His number is nine and a half. And you're looking at Miami's supporting cast and who stepped up in game four. Martin was great in the fourth quarter of that game. He's got to play more minutes. Lowry was amazing defensively in the fourth quarter. He's got to play more minutes. And Duncan Robinson shooting, what, 80% from three in the series? Uh, Robinson can't miss. Yeah. He's shooting like 75% from three in the series. I don't know what Struce's role is on this team in this series when Martin can basically do everything that he does and he plays good defense, and you have a couple other options. But it's not a coincidence in my eyes that he's played less minutes in game three and game four, and Miami won both of those games. I think Struz mm-hmm. is the odd man out. So I'm going to go with Struz under nine and a half. He, once again, he attempted one shot, one in the entire game four. His yeah. number's nine and a half. I'm going to link to the under on Struz points.
0: I took Kevin Love under eight and a half points. Um, he had one good game, which was that first game where they were making every three-point shot where they just kind of came out and punched Milwaukee in the mouth. We had 18 points, but since then, it's been four, six, and six, and 95% of his shots are coming from beyond the three-point line. And if you take a look in games three and four, two of six from three-point land, two of five from three-point land. So he's good for about two threes per game, but asking him to get eight and a half, especially with the number of minutes that he does play, it's around 22 minutes per game. He only played 11 minutes in game two. Where it was a blowout situation for the Milwaukee Bucks, but I, I think that he's more out there to draw those charges and try to rebound the basketball, and um, he'll get you know he'll get the three point attempts, but I, he hasn't been knocking them down at a consistent basis. Uh, so I like the under. Donis, I do like the rebounds and assists to go over. Um the points one is where and I kind of dug into this and I took this as my best bet on the under for Giannis points. And I'm ready to wear the Dunce cap and, and you know be a clown if he score comes out and scores forty tonight. But historically against Miami, he hasn't had to score a lot of points or he hasn't been able to score a lot of points. So
1: And just the, quit- they defend him in a way to encourage him to pass the ball to his teammates.
0: Yeah. So in thirty-two regular season career games, he's only gone over Thirty. He scored thirty-one or point, thirty-one or more points three times, and then in ten postseason matchups against Miami, he scored thirty-one or more points just one time. So, I, I think that if Giannis is going to have an imprint on this game. It'll probably be rebounds and assists, but uh, would I be surprised if he does go out and score thirty-four, thirty-five points here tonight? And I look like an idiot. Yeah, I'm ready to wear that dunce cap, but I think the numbers were, were too heavy, uh, or the trends and the stats just kind of favored the under for Giannis, on his points at least. But I th- do think that he does have a big uh, r and game here, so rebounds and this side, I can definitely back the over for him.
1: I think I'm going to lean to Adebayo under as well. Uh, okay. I know his shooting numbers have not been good this season. Whether Giannis dishes the ball out to teammates or not, he's still constantly getting down into the like into the painted area and Adebayo is probably going to get into foul trouble in this game at some point, not to mention the fact that his touch has completely abandoned him from outside of a layup at this point. Even on dunks, we saw Lopez block a couple of close shots from last game. I'm leaning Adebayo under. Uh, Offensively, once again, Bowler carried this team. Adebayo was okay, I guess, in game four, but he wasn't that great in terms of efficiency. Adebayo's numbers in that game, he was 6 for 16 for 15 points. I'm going to link to the under and bio. I just think that Giannis, whether he scores or not, will be aggressive. And a lot of the points can come down to free throw shooting. And we know that Giannis is not a good free throw shooter at all. He only had four free throws, though, in game four. I could see him having, like, double digits in this game. So I like bio under here. Besides the fact that we've seen him look a little bit scared at times, I think foul trouble could be a serious concern uh, for him in this matchup.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the next game. And um, I completely messed up the schedule here because it's the Lakers and the Grizzlies. They all overlap
1: anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah,
0: whatever. So it's going to be a seven thirty Eastern start. This one's going to be on TNT. Uh, Lakers and Memphis in Memphis here tonight, where the Lakers have a commanding three games to one lead over the Memphis Grizzlies. Now the series shifts back to Memphis. Currently seeing this line at minus four minus four and a half again definitely shop around for the best number uh but currently on DraftKings at minus four uh total is at 222 for this game here scott uh memphis has been the best home team during the regular season at least uh 35 and six is where i believe they finished straight up um on the straight up record but they did get the game two victory at home without Ja Morant. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? Grizzlies minus four against the Lakers.
1: I think this is the most difficult game to predict for me because I really don't know who I trust on Memphis's team. Even jaw wasn't very good in game four. Uh, they had a couple yeah. moments there where they could have won the game anyway, but 80 no showed the game when they still lost. Like I'm assuming AD and will are going to combine for more than 30 points. I, I do think that Memphis is going to benefit from the home crowd. They should give Kennard more minutes. they got to stop playing Dylan Brooks so many minutes. Like he's, he's killing them out there. You have to at least get some shooting on the team. You're hoping Bain can get it together from three. You're hoping Morant has a better shooting game. I don't mind Morant points. I think Morant's going to have a pretty good game here. But I'm really on the fence here because I've seen LeBron teams in the past kind of take some games off where they just – decide we'll win at home in game six. And they usually win at home in game six. I'm really on the fence here. I, I think I'm going to lean to the Lakers, but I don't feel great about it at all. I'm just hoping yeah. that AD's alternated between good games and bad games. So maybe we're in line for a good AD game here, mm-hmm. but I just don't trust Memphis. I, I, they're over when, when jaws played in the playoffs so far. And I, I think I'm just going to lean to LA, but once again, I'm not going to bet this. I got no clue. I'll be straightforward. I got no idea. It Depends on if the Lakers show up and if Memphis actually can make some threes.
0: Yeah, this was. Yeah, I think this the four games here tonight. I think this one was probably or is the one of the more difficult ones. to handicap. Um,
1: Since I'm on the I, fence, I'll take the points because I see it's a coin flip. But I, once again, I really don't know.
0: Yeah, I th- and I think this and this is something that I did find. And I think I mentioned this on the pod on Monday. That whichever team has won the first quarter over the last seven head to head matchups, including the postseason this year, they've actually gone on to win the game as well. Um, I, and again, when we talk about teams like we mentioned that are down three games to one, like you expect this team to come out and play well in that first quarter. Um, so I'll, I'll I'm gonna again, another game and it's, but I'm gonna go back to Memphis in the first quarter here as well. Um, I think that they do come out behind the crowd and, and do play well. And, again, a lot of it depends on Anthony Davis, like you mentioned. I don't know if, again, maybe another injury that he is dealing with because he was, saw him grabbing his hip now after he took a couple of falls. Um, but I think that obvious – another not obvious, but another thing that has been is that they really haven't needed AD to come out and score 27 points and grab 15 rebounds every single night. That's the scary
1: part, though, because that could be on the horizon.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're true. That's true. And then also LeBron. I mean, I know he had 20 rebounds and what, 22 points in the last game. But we're still kind of waiting for that signature AD and LeBron game. I think that was what one of the games where they combined for 65 points or 62 points. Yeah, LeBron's
1: jump shooting has also kind of abandoned him in the series.
0: So. Yeah. and But again, you got to give credit to the guys that have stepped up uh, outside of that. I know D'Lo has some clutch three-point shots in, in game four. Austin Reeves has been one of the more consistent guys as well. Schroeder off the bench has been good as well. Uh, Rui Achimura has been great as well. So you haven't had to rely on AD and LeBron just yet. Um, I'll lean with Memphis here. I'll go with Memphis minus the four. I think the Lakers can close this out in game six on their home floor. Um, I think they'll, the the Chris will come out and play with some desperation. Obviously, you know, now being down three games to one. Uh, would I be surprised if the Lakers win here tonight? No, um, I just think they are the better team right now. Um, but I, I will definitely be playing Memphis in the first quarter I mean all all any team that are down three games of one right now I'm playing the first quarter um and I think this is gonna be another game where I am gonna be on that first quarter here so first quarter for me, lean with Memphis full game as well. total is at two twenty two here uh Scott, which way are you leaning if anything you like on that total?
1: I'm going with the under uh Memphis had game uh four potentially in their grasp, and they kind of let it all they let them off the hook, but It was a low-scoring game. It just went to overtime, so it looks more high-scoring than it was. Mm. I'm on the under. Uh, We've seen this series be played at a relatively slow pace. The Lakers want it in the half court because they know Memphis's half-court offense is really not great. It's been an issue for Memphis all season long, and they're they're at their best when Ja can get out in the open floor and get some fast-break opportunities. The Lakers should really continue trying to slow the pace down and basically say to themselves, we have LeBron and AD, you have Ja, We'll take our chances in the half court. I love the under. I think the under is my favorite play in this game. I just don't know why the Lakers would really partake in an up-tempo game when that would only benefit Memphis. I'm on the under.
0: Yeah, I think that we only saw, what, one game or two games that did technically go over the total if it wasn't for Game one was the
1: only one that went over in regulation.
0: Yeah, and so I think this will be one of those grinded out type of games where it's like, you know, one 10, 106, something in that neighborhood that it does fall under this total here. So I expect the defense to be up for both teams here tonight as well. Um, And the pace really does have slowed down in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, like we've talked about. Um, So under for me as well, I do see that 222 and a half right now. Uh Get over to some player props in this game here, Scott, anything that you do like?
1: Uh I feel like leaning Dylan Brooks under is probably a safe choice <laughs> for most games. <laughs> At what point Brooks did they cut his like minutes? 10 At what points do they cut do they cut his minutes? I don't know what he's given them out there.
0: I don't know either, man.
1: You can I argue don't, defense, don't but even defensively, has he given them much this series? I I I don't really know.
0: Mm, no, he hasn't. I, yeah,
1: I was gonna say so. I'll probably lean to Brooks unders. I like Jaw overs. If Memphis is gonna go down, they got to go down swinging, and that starts with pretty much it ends with Jaw. To be honest, like they need Jaw to pretty much go for thirty uh i don't want to say he's a triple double candidate tonight but maybe we saw though the last uh game that he went off in, he scored 20 plus straight points for the team it was basically in garbage time but still yeah i'm gonna go with jaw over i think he's in line for a pretty good game here he needs to bounce back after what happened in game four i think jaw's a candidate for 30 maybe 35 uh so i would link to his overs besides that 80 blocks once again i'm yeah. not gonna go against it he blocks every shot in the series yeah uh, but for the most part and that's basically it I'm trying to think of what else I want to lean to. I don't really have much else. Uh, Vanderbilt steals and blocks. I mean, that's kind of a standard play at this point. But yeah. what did that cash for you in, like, three minutes? In yeah, it was, four? like, three
0: minutes. It's still at one and a half here tonight as well for uh, Vanderbilt. What's the juice on that? I think it was, like, minus 105 point? if I wasn't mistaken. It has adjusted. I lost 115 last game, but it's at minus 105 now.
1: And he, played 15, he, he scored 15 points. So they should give him minutes because yeah. he was actually effective in limited action in game four. I wouldn't mind Vanderbilt over for for steals and blocks, too. But for Memphis, you really have to guess on which supporting guy steps up. I'm assuming Jaw is going to play well, so I'll give him out. Bain's three-pointer has not worked out pretty much since game one. And you're waiting around for somebody else to hit shots. Do you hope Kennard plays more minutes to go with him? Maybe, but it comes down to what Jenkins thinks the team needs and how they're going to adjust the rotations. But once again, playing Brooks this many minutes in this series isn't going to cut it.
0: Yeah, um, Bain last game did score 36, but that was off of 29 shot attempts that he, he had. Went three he for three 12 of, from three, yeah, though. Yeah, from a three. Point. Yeah, 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line, but um, definitely going to be on Vanderbilt over one and a half steals and blocks. You already mentioned um, AD, if you want to get on his blocks, it's at three and a half at plus 115, or if you want to take his steals and blocks at four and a half, that's at minus 130, though, but he's cashed. Uh, in all four games so far on that steals and blocks uh, combined prop uh, so far in this series. So um, yeah, if we're expecting this to be a, a slower paced game or more defensive game, you probably want to look at some rebounding props or steals and blocks props. Um, LeBron over nine and a half rebounds is worth the look as well. He's been in double digit rebounds in uh, three out of the four games. The so one game that he fell short, uh, he only had nine rebounds and he's averaging 13 for the series so far. So I'm going to be on LeBron over nine and a half rebounds as well. He's coming off a game where he did have 20 rebounds, but um, prior to that game one, he had 11. Game two, he had 12, and game three, like I mentioned, he only finished up with nine. Fell short by the hook, but um, yeah, that's where I'm kind of at with player props. Anything else for this game?
1: Maybe Tillman. I think he's actually been good for them in the series. Like I'm trying to think of what Memphis's best lineup has been. I think Tillman's been on the floor. I mean, we saw him have a double-double with 20 points a couple games ago. So I I do think Tillman is a guy that kind of needs to be on the floor because you have to find somebody in terms of at least bodies to stop AD or at least try to contain him and LeBron on the boards. LeBron rebounds is also kind of a safe choice. He had 20-plus rebounds last game. But I think Tillman has to see the floor because he's been very good for them. He's a good energy guy. He also occasionally gets some offense run through him on dribble Mm -hmm. handoffs, etc., I'd probably consider him for props, maybe PRA for Tillman. I wouldn't mind, but he's been one of their better players or at least most consistent players in the series.
0: Yeah, his rebounding prop is that sitting at eight and a half at plus 105. Um, did have double-digit rebounds like uh, Scott mentioned, game 2-13, game 3-12. And then last game, he fell short by the hook at eight, which I'm pretty sure they adjusted. But um, yeah, and he's been getting the minutes as well. His minutes have increased every single game, 22, 32, 39, and then 42.
1: Once again, for, uh, he played uh, 42 minutes. Like, I know it went to overtime, but they realize he's an essential piece to whatever lineups they want to use in big in big moments. I think Tillman props might be worth something, maybe a double-double. Uh, do you know what the price is on the double-double by any chance?
0: For Tillman? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. If it's anything
1: north of, like, three to one, I think you kind of have to take it.
0: Double-double for Tillman. Plus
1: 245. Okay. I mean... I can't really disagree with that price, but he's playing 40 minutes or he's playing 37 minutes with no overtime. So you can make an argument there has to be some value on that if he's going to be getting some run.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me quickly see before we get to the last game here on FanDuel because sometimes they have better prices on the double-doubles for, for some of these players. Um, where are we at? Lakers, I mean, they you do a same Chris. game
1: parlay and parlay the points with the rebounds. Sometimes that's a better price too. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Record a double double. Tillman so, plus two seventy. A little bit of odds on. Um, on dra- uh, sorry on FanDuel. And if, let me see if I can quickly build
1: a. I'm doing it on. Play. I'm doing it on DraftKings. Just you got it, it. Okay. Is. So. Uh, I'm doing it. I it think 270 is worth something though.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he's been in double digit rebounds, like we mentioned. He's getting the minutes as well. So. Um, it was yeah, two sixty for the
1: same game parlay on DraftKings.
0: Okay, and then it's plus 266 on FanDuel. So, I mean, FanDuel probably has the best odds at plus 270 without having to build it. All right. Uh, Scott, all right, last game of the night. Here we have the Golden State Warriors. They are in Sacramento with a... Oh, this series tied two games apiece. Both teams have won on their home court. Uh, We did get the news of De'Aaron Fox a few days ago where... Uh, he's dealing with a fractured tip of the finger on his shooting hand that he suffered in Game 3.
1: Index but, finger, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, index finger, yeah. yeah. Um, and then yesterday we did get the news that he said, I am going to be playing uh, in Game 5. No if ands, or buts about it. So definitely expect De'Aaron Fox to be playing in this game. But how effective he's going to be? We shall see how um, – we'll find out early uh, how – Aaron Fox looks with that, with that fractured tip of the finger. But as it currently stands here, Scott, Warriors are minus one and a half as a road favorite here. Total is sitting at 234 and a half. Uh, let's start with the side here, minus one and a half with the Warriors. What are you thinking?
1: Going to the series, I said the price was absurd, uh, but I did eventually arrive at Warriors in six. Uh, I'm going to stay with that prediction. I'm going to lean to Golden State here. At the end of the day, Fox, we know how good he's been. Golden State can't guard him, simply put. Yeah. And now he has a protective casing on his shooting his shooting hand. It's not a good sign. Yeah. When both home games that the Kings did win, by the way, were incredibly close. They were one possession games in the final three minutes. And the Kings blew the game open a little bit in game two after Draymond got ejected. And game one, we know, it was an insane playoff game, one of the best playoff games I've seen in a while. And Curry missed the game tying three-pointer at the buzzer. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to Golden State. The concern I have is let's just say Fox plays but doesn't play that well. Let's say Fox gives you 24 points on 9 of 24 shooting compared to the 38 points or whatever he was going for. Do I really think Sacramento can withstand that and let the bench guys or the supporting cast step up? I'm not sure they can. Barnes, we saw, missed the big three-pointer at the end. Is that going to roll over mentally for Game 5? Uh, I don't know. We're going to see. Herger's been a non-factor. Shout-out to Keegan Murray. who had a very good game in Game 4. Good for him. Mm-hmm. But you're going down the line. Sabonis has really not been great in the series. His no. stats have been okay, but Draymond's done a great job defending him. And Sabonis has also taken some really dumb shots, mm-hmm. either on jump shots or had that really bad turnover on that 2-on-1, which they kind of needed that basket there in the fourth quarter. But... I don't think they can guard Steph. I don't think they can guard Clay. We've seen even some bench guys. Wiggins has been good for Golden State in this series. Poole's had some moments in this series. This game might be determined by officiating because I think whichever team gets to the line more is going to win this game. And officiating has been a topic of conversation throughout the series. But the thing is, with Sacramento winning those two home games by the slimmest of margins, and now your best closer, the best closer in the league in terms of the clutch player of the year award is battling an injury. I think Golden State, from what we've seen in the past, is a team that smells blood in the water. They see a vulnerable team in front of them. They need to win two of the next three games. I think they take this one, in my opinion. I'm going to lean Golden State. I don't understand the line movement in this game. Golden State went, from like, went to four when Fox News came out, and now it's down to one and a half. No part of me thought Fox was going to miss this game. But the question is, is an injured Fox worth two and a half points? I don't know. But I don't know if he can shoot. Once again, NBA players are creatures of habit. They've been so good because they've been doing the same routine over and over and over again. And now you add in another variable. Now, Fox's handle might be a little bit in question now with the casing. Or maybe the jump shot will be. I still think he'll be able to get to the rim when he wants to. But if Fox has an underwhelming game... Do I think the Kings can overcome it? I'm not sure because from what I've seen with their defense, they have had no answer for golden state offensively. So I'm going to lean to golden state in a close game. Give me golden state by five.
0: Yeah, I think again, well, I think this is a game where you probably want to wait to bet live Uh, and just to see how De'Aaron Fox looks out there because like you mentioned that if he's going to go out and he hasn't already hasn't been efficient from the floor like he hasn't shot better than 50% in any of the four games so far but the shot volume is always going to be there for De'Aaron Fox especially how they're trying to defend him where they like you mentioned that Golden State Warriors really can't so you know if he goes out there and has a 26 point game or something in that range where
1: 26 points on 24 shots. Like, is that, is that good I don't enough?
0: That, yeah. It's not, I don't think that's going to be good enough. And I think that do I, I trust the Warriors to make some adjustments here coming into game five. Um, But I think I would lean here with the Warriors as well, but uh, it won't be a, a pre-game bet for me. I want to see within those first couple of minutes, how De'Aaron Fox looks, or if he's, if he's a little bit more passive within those first couple minutes, then we'll see that that finger is probably bothering him. And like you mentioned, Scott, that I'm not sure I trust supporting cast because I think there's a significant fall off after De'Aaron Fox on who's going to step up for the Sacramento Kings teams. Like you mentioned, Sabonis has not been very good in the series. Uh, Harrison Barnes, you know, he has a ceiling of what? 17, 15? 15, yeah, points, 17, 17 15 points, points, something in that range. Keegan Murray is a rookie. Yeah, he had a great game. The main guy is game. Monk.
1: I mean, Monk is the guy you'd think, you know, maybe can step up. But I'm not sure if he got injured at the end of that game or that was mostly selling that Looney moving screen. But yeah. he seemed a little bit banged up there at the end of that game. I'm, yeah. I'm curious how Sacramento handles it. But once again, if Fox comes out with a thing on his finger and goes for 40, you know, kudos to him. But they can't guard Steph. clay has been good. Wiggins has been good. Poole's had some good games recently. Yeah. Draymond's been great defensively and Looney's been great on the boards. There's really a lot of questions for the Kings, and the one equalizer was Fox. Yeah, And now Fox is less than 100%. So I think I'm going to lean to Golden State in the competitive game.
0: And I, I think that Malik Monk, I mean, if you look at the box score... The efficiencies in question. Yeah, but uh, he had that 32-point game in Game 1, but he, 14 of those points came from the free-throw line. He was 14-14 from the free-throw line, but since then... 6 of 15 for 18 points. Game 3, 1 of 9, 4 points. Game 4, 5 of 14, 16 points. So you're probably going to have to get at least a 25- to 30-point game from Malik Monk if De'Aaron Fox just, you know, he's not able to shoot the ball or he's not very efficient shooting the basketball because of the injury. So I think for the Warriors, they're a more experienced team. Um, I think they gained a lot of confidence, obviously, even the series back up. Um, And I think they can, I know we've talked about all season long that they haven't been very good on the road, but I think that the more determining factor is that the injury to Darian Fox. So Warriors for me as well, total 234 and a half here, Scott, you want to mess with the total?
1: Uh, It's very tricky with Fox once again, but I think I have to lean to the over. I think the pace was once again, reestablished in game four, where both teams want to run. And I don't see that changing. You can argue Golden State should try to slow it down. Like, who do you think is better in the half court? Probably Golden State.
0: Oh, yeah, Golden State for sure.
1: So I'd say Golden State can make an argument to try to slow it down. Maybe that's an adjustment they're going to go with, but I'm not sure. But I do think at the end of the day, Sacramento uh, is a team that has no rim protection whatsoever, and they've been able to overcome it at times. And once again, I don't want to fully, fully roast Sabonis, but I got to at least point out that when Golden State's getting a bunch of looks at the rim, Sabonis so is not a threat to block any shots. And Looney and Draymond are really good at paint defense. Sacramento kind of needs to get hot from three in order to actually you know, outlast Golden State. Yes. So I think that it's going to be one of those games where it could be determined by either officiating or the three-point line. If you want to challenge Golden State to a three-point contest, be my guest. I'm going to lean to the over. I don't feel great about it. I think I'd rather take Golden State team total over. That's exactly because Sacramento plan, yeah. has not been close to stopping them in any game this the series. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Golden State team total over. And I'm just going to assume that Curry and Clay and Poole and Wiggins do their thing. That's the main way I'm leaning for a total,
0: yeah. I think that these the better play field play type of total here is probably Warriors team total over. Um I think that they'll they'll shoot the ball well here tonight. I think there's obviously more. Offensive power for this Golden State Warriors team, whether even if like Steph Curry has an off night where I don't think he will, but you know, you still have Jordan Poole, you still have er- uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Clay Thompson has been good in the series as well. So I think there's more offensive options definitely for the uh, Golden State Warriors. So yeah, I do love that play. Uh, player props in this game here, Scott. What are you looking at?
1: Well, uh, I got to stick with the Warriors' main guys, Curry, Clay. Well, they're getting open looks on all, like, all the possessions. Yeah, I know Mitchell had some moments and Curry made some crazy shots, but that comes with the territory. It's Steph Curry. I mean, it is what yeah. it is. I think Curry's going to go for 30-plus again. I think he's in line for a good game. I think that Clay is in line for a pretty good game as well. Clay threes I'd probably lean to. The Kings are very tricky because, once again, I'm not sure what to expect with Fox having the finger issue. Mm-hmm. Does he shoot less? Does he shoot more? Like, does he shoot inefficiently? I don't really know. So I think you're kind of on the fence there with the Kings. I will lean to Barnes under. Based on Barnes's career, he's never been a guy to step up after a bad game. I I don't think that Barnes is going to be that guy who misses the potential game-winning shot and suddenly goes for 20. I don't see that happening. I think Barnes might check out. Once again, I watched him in North Carolina. I've watched him his entire career. When it gets bad for Barnes, it gets really bad for Barnes. He's not a guy who historically bounces back. And we saw that in the finals when he was with Golden State. He was brutal down the stretch of that series. He was—he missed a bunch of shots in games five, game six, and game seven. He went, what, 0 for 7 from three? Yeah. Historically, like speaking, that, yeah. historically speaking, Barnes has never been a guy to take a bad game and use it as extra fuel to have a great follow-up game. It's never been his thing. I'm going to lean to Barnes under, but I do think at the end of the day, when I'm looking at props, it's mostly going to be either like, I'm trying to think like Draymond steals. Maybe I love, I love Looney rebounds. They can't stop Looney on the glass. Looney's been great for them in this series. Do you think Sabonis takes more responsibility offensively with Fox being injured? Because if he does Sacramento screw, I'm talking to that right now. Sabonis is not a good series for Sabonis.
0: Yeah, I think that he kind of has to, right? But I don't trust the bonus. I mean, I think that Looney and Draymond Green have done a great job um, defending him. And he has, again, another player that hasn't been very efficient for the um, Sacramento Kings so far in this series. I'm trying to pull up his exact numbers here. Uh, give me a second for Sabonis. But let's see. So he's only averaging 16.3 points per game in this series. And the shot volume, eh, it's there, but... I mean, he hasn't been too bad. He has 66%, 50%, 53%. But I guess it's it's been more the fact that it's been a high uh, shooting volume series for De'Aaron Fox. So do those – and if he's not effective, again, if he's not shooting the ball, does those shots go to Harrison Barnes? Does it go to Sabonis? Do you see Keegan Murray getting on more shots? I think that it's maybe correlated here that maybe if you want to take Sabonis over on his points because I don't think it's a big number. Let me see if I can find it.
1: I think the issue with Sabonis, by the way, is just some of the shots he takes aren't in the flow of the offense. He really tries to force the issue a lot when Looney and Draymond have done a great job at actually guarding the paint. And it feels like Sabonis just says to himself, I missed the last one. Well, I got to make this one. And then he forces up another bad shot. But you're looking at the numbers, the shooting percentage, 48.2 48.2 percent not great for a guy that mostly shoots around the rim he's shooting 61.1 percent from the free throw line he's yeah. attempted two free throws in the last two games combined yeah for a guy who's only really shooting around the rim which is really not great and the turnover is averaging 3.8 turnovers per game in the series so i gotta at least point out Sabonis has to be better and i'm not sure if he's going to be able to in the series
0: yeah uh, i agree so Sabonis bonus unders uh, look at Steph Curry overs. I mean, it's, it's a little bit square and maybe may a tax on it, but I mean, they just haven't been able to stop him. Clay at 21 and a half is kind of intriguing. I think that, you know, he can have a good game here.
1: I think I like the threes more for clay.
0: Yeah. He's Cause if he's,
1: if he scores um, 22, how many threes is clay realistically hitting like four or five?
0: It has to be like five.
1: That's what I'm saying. So you're probably just better off taking the threes.
0: Yeah. Let me see what that number is. I think it's a sort of four and a half at plus money quickly here yeah four and a half at plus 105 steps at four and a half at minus 145 so
1: all right anything else I, for this game i like looney assists in this game and rebounds 20 rebounds in game in game three 14 rebounds in game four he's had six plus assists in each of the last two games now one of them was a Draymond suspension i'm aware of that but still the point is looney does have a lot of dribble handoff opportunities and the fact that he's a good screener and we know that Golden State's not afraid of using the screener as a dribble handoff guy because that's how they tend to run most of their offensive sets. And Looney's done very well with that. So I like Looney assists here. I think he's in one for a good assist game, and rebound and a, game.
0: Yeah, 15 and a half at even money. I think he's gone over this in two straight games. Rebounds. Wait, 15, been...
1: 15 and a half, that's rebounds and assists, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Rebounds okay. and assists, yeah. Uh, 14 and six in game four and then 20 and nine in game three for come
1: What did you say the line was for that?
0: 15 and a half, even money,
1: even money. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. uh, So let's get over to our lock and dog here for tonight. Scott, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to either back your play or just flat out steal your play. I'm going to go with Milwaukee first quarter in the spot against Miami Butler scored 20 plus points in the first quarter in game four. Milwaukee still won the first quarter by five. I feel like that's not talked about enough. Like yeah. Bower had an all-time quarter, let alone game, but in the first quarter, Milwaukee still led after the first quarter by five. Milwaukee needs to come out with a purpose in this game, and I mm-hmm. think they will. I think that's why the line is priced so high. They're just expecting Milwaukee to be fully motivated, and they're going to come out and bury this team early. For the full game, maybe we'll see them slip up a little bit. But I am going to go with Milwaukee first quarter. They've been a good first quarter team for most of the season. But to quickly pull up the number here uh, for the first quarter, uh, let me just see if I could find it. Sorry. Uh, I see a four. see four flat? Give yeah, take.
0: four flat. Yeah.
1: I'll take the four flat. I think Milwaukee's up by potentially 10 at the end of the first quarter. But it's a must-win game for an experienced team at home. I think it's a good spot for Milwaukee to come out early, focused, and they'll kind of set the tempo and the tone. Give me Milwaukee first quarter minus four.
0: I uh, love it. All right. Uh, what do you got for your dog?
1: I'm going to go with a assists and rebounds. Uh, you okay. mentioned it at even money. I was asking for the price because I wanted to make sure I could use that as a dog. I'm going to take it. He's had 14 plus rebounds in each of the last two games. He's had six plus assists in each of the last two games. He's played 31 plus minutes in each of the last two games. He's been one of their most valuable players in this series because mm-hmm. of defensive purposes and his rebounding. And once again, the underrated uh, passing that he has in his game now you don't want him to handle that much responsibility but he has done a good job of actually getting good reads and taking good opportunities and making the most of them i'm gonna go with a loony assistant rebounds 15 and a half and even money over because once again he could go for 20 rebounds by himself and that's good enough to win the prop but 15 and a half seems a little bit low at even money i'm gonna go with the over
0: yeah, I think there's a better price on FanDuel right now at plus 108. If I'm not mistaken, So I'll take the
1: plus 108.
0: Yeah, definitely shop around, uh, get the best number uh, when it comes to these dog prices. All right, uh, for my lock, I am going to go with a first quarter play as well. I'm going to take the Cavs. I do see a minus two for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first quarter. It's a little bit of juice on it at minus 120, but. Um, Again, we talk about teams that are playing um, desperation basketball here tonight with their backs against uh, the wall in a deficit of three games to one. Um, And again, Cleveland is one of those teams. So they're back at home. I expect, you know, Darius Garland to be better here tonight. I expect Donovan Mitchell will be a lot better here tonight as well. And in the first two games, All right. Sorry. I do trust this uh, Cleveland team more at home. They were one of the better. I think they were top five ATS team at home overall, but I think they get it done here. I'm going to take the first quarter, first half and full game for the um, Cleveland Cavaliers, but for the show purposes, minus two for the Cleveland Cavaliers Uh, for my dog. I think I am going to go with the Anthony Davis blocks prop here tonight. Uh, it is at four, uh, sorry, three and a half at plus 115. Um, I mean, I've already talked about it how he's gone over the steals and blocks combined in every single one of those games of four and a half. Um, and he's had four or more blocks in three out of the four games here so far in this series. So I think that continues for him here tonight. Um, and again, I think he fills up the defensive stat sheet again as well. So uh dog Anthony Davis over three and a half blocks at plus
1: one twenty-five. Oh, if anyone, right, if anyone's curious, I, I quickly pulled up the referee report. Uh we have no Scott Foster tonight. However, Golden State Sacramento, Tony Brothers. Oh boy. Does that uh does that mean anything to you? Uh I would have
0: to dig into it. I feel like he favors the road teams more, but that's, I think, no. I think I said it might come down to free more. throw
1: shooting. So, once again, keep an eye on that because it's Tony Brothers. So, yeah. You know, you'll we'll
0: yeah. see. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Four games on the NBA playoff schedule here tonight. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, bud?
1: Not really. Uh, find me on Twitter, Grice Show Radio. Find me on this show. The NFL show should be doing an episode later with uh, Terrell doing some draft prop stuff. I know we did an episode yesterday on the AFC East. So check that out as well. Besides that, did a tennis episode uh, yesterday already won the lock. Hopefully the dog cashes in a little while, but we'll see what happens and yeah, keep them busy. Find me on Twitter.
0: Yep. Follow Scott on Twitter at right show radio. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, smash that like button for us on the live stream here. Uh, and then also make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel here. And also follow us on Twitter at Uh, uh Delante and I will be back tomorrow. I don't know if there's any games on the schedule tomorrow, but maybe we'll preview the Phoenix Suns and the... Denver Nuggets series um, or something. We'll come up with some type of content for you guys, but we'll be back here at the normal time. Actually, no, we have Boston Atlanta tomorrow, so uh, we'll handicap that game for sure. Uh, All right, guys, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.